That opening always gets me when it says uh, just one hour is uh, not enough or you're not uh, happy with just one. You want another one. I'm thinking they're talking about the Golden Knights mm-hmm. going for a repeat of the Stanley Cup. But it's really about our program, which yep. walks hand in hand with the Golden Knights. Uh, we see Richie and Chris, uh, the ice crew at T-Mobile Arena out there doing their thing, uh, rimming pucks around, making sure that the surface is smooth and tidy and the boards are all together and uh, no bumps or weird bounces out there so always a sign that uh, things are coming together in anticipation of game night at T-Mobile Arena. Game 5 of the NHL preseason for the Vegas Golden Knights hooking up for a second occasion with the San Jose Sharks. Remember it was on opening night of the preseason. The Golden Knights uh, faced the Sharks, lost 5-2 but it was 4-1 after the first period where uh, it wasn't necessarily being outplayed but uh, they got some bounces that went the other way and the rest of the night uh, that night Vegas was, was, was really good. Uh, there wasn't anything in that game where you thought there'd be some repercussions like you would in, in a preseason game every now and then, uh, thinking about uh, the the other night uh, with, with Mark Stone mm-hmm. and, and the Los Angeles Kings. And we'll see whether uh, Hayden Hudson is in the lineup uh, on Saturday for that rematch. But uh, I, I would think that tonight uh, is a peaceful start and everybody's just kind of working on their, their own games and their own sides uh, at the outset. Yeah, I would argue that that's... Likely what's going to happen, I don't think there's going to be a ton of animosity, really, at least to start the game. Now, over the course of the game, you've got some guys uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights that I think are, are trying to make an impact, make a statement, uh, Max Comtois specifically. And, you know, he threw some some big hit, hits in that first game in San Jose. He was uh, physical in and around the puck up in San Jose, so maybe that's something that bleeds over a little bit, brings the uh, the intensity up a little. Uh, but, you know, for, for right now, I think for the Golden Knights, it's just about getting getting to their game and, and finding ways to, 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 to continue to build and build and build toward uh, a week from today. A week from today is opening night. Yes, it is. A week from today is a triple header to start the National Hockey League season. The third game is the most uh, important to the fans in the Las Vegas Valley mm-hmm. and the listeners of this radio program predominantly because it will feature the arrival of the Stanley Cup back on the ice and the raising of the Stanley Cup banner. The Stanley, well, I assume the Stanley Cup's in attendance. It uh, is usually uh, on opening night uh, for teams that, uh, that return and hoist the Stanley Cup banner. And then you you do start uh, for real. And it's going to be fun that night against the Seattle Kraken. And then a couple of days later, uh, you kind of get into the routine of it. And the the tune-up has taken place very methodically. That's the best way I can describe it mm-hmm. through this training camp. It's been a methodical, slow Work on your game, work on the team team's game, and, and just uh, make little small steps towards the, the right direction. Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely right. You've been able to get a, you know most of your guys in for two games already. Uh, you're, you're building toward, I'm going to guess, Thursday night being sort of a dress rehearsal of sorts for what you're going to see on on Tuesday a week from today but for the Golden Knights it's really been about shaking rust off getting yourself into the rhythm of playing games regularly again and starting to build in the certain aspects of the game that you know Bruce Cassidy wants them to build on over the course of the year I uh I wonder about the lineup uh selection for Tuesday and Saturday because tonight is is a is a mix yeah, of yeah. all kinds of, of players from 
the, the guys that uh, you'll see on opening night uh, with a full line of Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar and William Carrier uh, to the to the two goaltenders and Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson to the prospects and Pavel Dorofiev who's trying to work his way into it. Uh, a professional tryout uh, player in Max Comtois, a top prospect in the organization, Brendan Brisson, uh, coupled with uh, some veterans in, in Rempel and Morali and Byron Frey. So there's there's all kinds of different levels. Uh, Korzak and Cormier expected to play. They took the morning skate uh, today. Uh, uh, Braden Pahal uh, out there and Ben Hutt. So uh, you, you have a little bit of everything. Thursday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether one is going to outweigh the other, necessarily with with more of a uh, a focus uh, and it may depend on how things go Thursday sure to whether or not Bruce Cassidy feels like they need another rep mm-hmm. within within their game yeah I think that's going to be kind of the the way that I'm looking at it or at least approaching it and, and this is again just my my thought on it is I, I think you go as close to an NHL lineup as you're going to go throughout the entirety of preseason on Thursday. And like you said, you give them an opportunity to show you that they're ready to go for Tuesday night. They're ready to go for opening night. And if it doesn't work out that way, you have another opportunity to roll with it on Saturday. Be a lot of fun. The rehearsal's going on inside uh, T-Mobile Arena, so that's the uh, noise that you hear in the background. Uh, well, that is happening. It's perfect time for us to bring in Bruce Cassidy and his morning media availability uh, as he talked about what he expects the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, eventually we, you know, we, this was all by design. This was about the time we, we knew that going into this last week, there'd still be some um, little bit of movement because we're not going to play everybody all three games this week. But as we got nearer to the end of the week, we would definitely be down to one group in practice today and Wednesday and then Friday. So you're, I just think you get the feel of now you're one group. It's, it's time to get going a little more on drilling down on uh, being ready for opening night. So um, we'll get into some situational stuff that maybe we wouldn't have done with everybody. We, we lay the foundation, but you start getting into five on six, six on five, because you know which guys are going to be out there. Maybe more four on four stuff. Um, so there's a little more detail in that, whether it's in practice video. And now line combinations you'll probably see start to look more like we talked about they'd look this summer, um, especially on Thursday and Saturday. <clears throat> I don't know if it'll get settled, to be honest. It's, I just think there, there's too many guys that are close and bring good things to the table. It might be a, a, by committee, you know, it ends up, especially if they're here on the roster. Um, you know, Pav's a good player for us. Paul's been a good player. Brisson's had a real good camp. He's ahead of where he was, obviously, at this point last year. Those guys can all play right wing as well, so there's there's opportunity to move. Max, we're still evaluating a little more. I haven't seen him as much, so I wouldn't rule him out, but... Him, I don't have as big of a book on, um, so I, I don't, I can't tell you. Um, opening night, left winger and William Carlson's will be the next night or the next month. I think there's, it's going to be some opportunity for that to play out, um, and then we'll go from there. Are you comfortable with the five committee approach? Yeah, yeah, we did a little bit last year at times. With sometimes injury dictates that. Um, and then you you know guys get in anyway. So, but right now I'd be okay with it. I, I 
I like what I've seen from every guy. So if you pulled a name out of the hat and said you have to go with this guy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried. And a because who's playing center, you know, is a very experienced guy. Plays on both sides of the puck. Plays well. Will make people around him better. <clears throat> I like that practice is fun. I like to hear that, Ashley. See, I'm not just an old miser that, you know, can, you know, ever, you know. Uh, no, there's a little bit of, you know, they, they, they've had some time off. So do you, I don't know, like, I'm sure 15 years ago they're expecting to be, you know, just driven into the ground. I, I think players are a little more aware of their conditioning now and all those things they eat better all you know so a couple days is not going to set them back that far I think it's you can be a little winded here or there but so it was supposed to be get back um, get your legs under you you know a little extension of their their bonding together have some fun and then you know it gets real again tomorrow um, and Wednesday you know it's not a game day but it's a practice day like I said with one group that's getting closer to our group so I think this was a by design today um, and I'm glad they're having fun they they They've earned that, and I think it's a group. I think Stoney's the one that said it to me when I first got here, even last year. Listen, these guys like we like each other. We're, we're a good group. We're going to have some fun. We know we've we failed with what we wanted to do the year before, but it doesn't take away the fact that we enjoy each other's company. So that's good to hear. It. I don't know if I'd want a bunch of guys to come to practice every day, don't like each other, and think it's work, right? I mean, that gets old in a hurry. So I know what you're saying to me, and I'm okay with it today, right? And, and Wednesday will be a little more work. It'll, they should be hooting and hollering, having fun, but it'll be more drilling down on some details. How much did that carry over, Well, uh, there's always that question, do you win first and then bond, or do you bond first and then win, right? And I don't know that I, anybody has the answer to that, um, but I, I sure know that it helps if you like each other and you want to play for one another, especially in those playoff series where things get mean and nasty that everybody has each other's back and willing to pick each other up. I know that can certainly help you win. And for us, I think the bonding came first before the ultimate winning. Now, this team did a lot of winning before I got here, so that, that obviously helped. But, um, you know, I think, I think the bonding probably, my guess would be, probably has to come a little bit before it. Now, winning will always, should, should always bring you together, but um, and I think this team has that. Yeah, a couple of people came up and said hello. Got a couple of pictures with some some young hockey players, some future stars of the game. Hopefully, um, yeah, it was a good. It's it's nice nice part of the country up there, you know. And we played at the last game was at the Olympic rink, which is very was a real nice facility. So yeah, it was good. Time well spent. What do you expect this week, or what are you looking for specifically? Or, sorry, the university facility. Did I say Olympic? Sorry to cut you off. I meant the the university. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the, the university. It's because, uh, yeah. Intensity, execution, like what, what do you want to do more of? This week? Yeah. In the games? Yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, puck management between the blue lines, right? In, in preseason, you tend to want to make a play every time. Sometimes it's not there. So good, that falls under decision-making, I guess. So good decision-making away from the puck, uh, closing quick in D zone and, and being physical when you need to be in that regard. Uh, puck protection in the ozone, not just throwing it away because that's what you're used to doing in the summer months. Um, so just the little things that help you win hockey games. See a little bit more of this this week. Uh, Christmas on the, the power play, hopefully the execution 
you know, and the entries and structure on the entries, those things are all coming together. Bruce Cassidy, did you know something about that? I did. It's from yesterday. He he didn't talk as long today. And so originally when I heard six minutes, I'm like, boy, that didn't feel like a, as, as long today. Because Bruce uh, did go down the path of his lineup tonight mm-hmm. and how there's a, several different uh, – uh, levels within the players that, that, that are going from hopefuls to guys that are playing their second-year pro to uh, the the standard fourth line, which will be the first line tonight. And that, that'll, that'll be fun because I wonder how much you get into power play situations, mm-hmm. uh, how much we'll see people that you don't generally get to see on, on a power play Man advantage uh, with uh, uh, Keegan Colasar. Uh-huh. Does he have a net front presence? Uh, yeah. William Carrier scored uh, a bunch of goals last year and and put himself up into uh, a more valued uh, role uh, offensively. Nick Watt has been on the power play uh, before with his versatility. So that that's always fun to see. Paul Cotter, uh, uh-huh. if he gets some power play time, could he jumpstart uh, this training camp in his battle for that uh, that open position with William Carlson? Uh, that kind of uh, opportunity when the other guys are going, uh, you don't have that space to, to jump in. So with the different levels of the roster this evening, it's going to open up uh, opportunities for different guys. And he also uh, this morning did address what they're going to do with the goaltending, mm-hmm. that uh, Hill and Thompson will start, uh, one of the two will start the next three games. They'll each get a full game Thursday and Saturday. Yeah. Tonight is going to be a split coming off the the break in the middle of camp, and Aiden Hill will go out first, and then Logan Thompson will take over. There's no clear-cut plan in that regard, uh, but at some way, middle of the game. If it's, if it's a slow game, that may uh, precipitate uh, a, a middle-of-the-period type uh, move, or if it's uh, you're under siege mm-hmm. you, and, or a you're, you're shorthanded sure. for a while. Yeah. You're not going to put Logan Thompson in to face uh, a power play right. Uh, right off the uh, right off the bat. So it there may be end of the second period that Logan Thompson goes in for the third. Yeah, you'll kind of play that one by ear, see how it goes in terms of uh, game flow and everything. But you know, to to me, I, I think your point on the power play is an interesting one. Penalty kill too, to a degree. Like you, you have opportunities now for some of those other players that are are trying to set themselves apart to set themselves apart in different facets of the game, different layers of the game. So, you know, for Paul Cotter, if he gets power play time, look for him to be assertive in that in that spot. The the same thing could be said for Max Comtois. Absolutely. And, and you know what? If you've got those guys and you give them that opportunity or they get that opportunity, you have to see them, them, them take it. And I think that that's what we're looking for. We're looking for one of those players, the Dorofievs, the Cotters, the Comtois, to seize a moment, to seize an opportunity. And, and in this game where – you know, we expect them to get some power play time, some looks in that situation. That's a great opportunity to do it. I think it's it's a, a fun lineup for the Cotters and the Dorofievs and the the Comtois because they can be alphas out there. Yeah, a, a lot more than they would be with Marcelo and Eichel and mm-hmm. uh, Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. Uh, way, way more than that, uh, sort of on that bench, uh, leadership-wise. And yeah. it, it opens the door to, to be a, a front-line, a, a bigger minute player. And I'd rather play in a game like this, to be honest. Sure. Uh, if you're asking me to show myself and the best side of myself, 
I think I've got a better chance of being able to do it with this lineup than playing down the lineup mm-hmm. with uh, all the other guys going and knowing that they they want their minutes, they want their touches uh, throughout the game. So uh, this this could end up being, well, it's not your dominated National Hockey League presence out there. Mm-hmm. This could be a very integral night in deciding that battle for that open player uh, winger spot. Yeah, I mean, there's a it's an opportunity, and I think that you know when I when I start to think back or on, you know, Paul Cotter's preseason last year versus the the preseason that he's having right now, I think the word assertive is the one that comes to mind for me. There were moments where Paul Cotter was just determined to be undeniable and and it hasn't necessarily been to that degree over the course of this preseason and I, I feel like he's deferred in moments a little bit too much so I'm looking for him specifically in this game tonight to be that sure, assertive sure, sure. presence on the ice and, and just break a wall down I, I think he's 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 due for it well remember too he was a story because he wasn't in the room with the other prospects last year like mm-hmm. He was in the main dressing room, which automatically made him more of a focus. Yeah. And when he talked about that and how much of a confidence builder that was for him going into training camp, uh, he was on our radar. Yeah. And so we were talking about him a little bit more, us and, and the regular media. Then he played every game. Mm-hmm. And as camp went on, he went, Paul's getting another shot. Paul scored here. Paul played a good night here. He's back in the lineup. And that became uh, a, a rallying cry to discuss the emergence of Paul Cotter, where you couldn't go a broadcast uh, on TV and certainly radio without addressing that when he plays all seven games. This is different because he hasn't played all four games so far. Played the first two, yep. and he's been off the, the last two. He's back in tonight, so he's he hasn't had the number of touches to grab our attention. Sure, that that's that's not a fault of anybody, but you 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 make do with what you have uh, put forward to. And if he plays five games in this preseason, he's got to do something great with those five games. Or if he plays four, he's he's got to certainly take advantage of that. It's it's on Paul Cotter yeah. this week to 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 crank it up. But he's he's. He's back here this year as a veteran player, mm-hmm. and he he has to manage the opportunity and the challenges from the head coach and the expectations of himself to put himself into that opening night lineup. And tonight, with the, the roster that is before us, and what we saw this morning in the pregame skate, and they're, they're very similar. Uh, but Cotter's going to play in the same game as Pavel Dorofiev. Mm-hmm. Not in the same line, but the same game. Uh, as Max Comtois, Cotter and Comtois will play in the same same line as, as wingers with uh, 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 Brandon Brisson expected. He was taking line rushes this morning with mm-hmm. Pavel Dorofiev. All four of those guys at different levels uh, of of, of analysis in this camp and mm-hmm. production in this camp but all thought about is being able to raise the level of the game and grab some minutes this season whether it's full-time whether it's a platoon whether it's the first call up in Brenner Besson or signing a contract in Max Comtois they're all in the lineup tonight mm-hmm. with the same level of center iceman to be fair 
Yeah. In, in, like, there's, there's not a dumb. Nobody's playing with Nick Waugh. Yeah. So the, the centerman that you're going to get tonight is going to be a uh, tweener. Yeah. And yeah. and so they, they've all got the same opportunity mm-hmm. to take advantage of this stage without any type of uh, added edge of playing with a William Carlson or, or a veteran National Hockey League guy. It's as equal an audition you yeah. could ask for. No, Brisson's not with Jack Eichel tonight. No, he's not. And, uh, Fiev's not with William Carlson tonight. Yeah. And, and that's going to be – that's a challenge for Brendan Brisson, right? Like that's a challenge for him to, to keep doing the things – that, that he's got to do to be successful. It's, it's a challenge for Brendan Brisson without playing alongside Jack Eichel or Ivan Barbashev or Jonathan March. So players that can create something out of nothing. It's going to be a challenge for him to be in the right areas and make the right reads and do the things that he, he needs to do to score. But it's also a great opportunity because if he's able to do that, then all of a sudden you start to ask yourself even more questions. Is Brendan Brisson really pushing toward making this team? You and I have talked about it. I think as great a camp as he's had, it's not the time right now for Brendan Brisson, but if he's able to well, show waivers out, to play a role in it, yeah, absolutely. But if he's able to show out well in 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 all these different facets, then he he's put himself right there on the top of the list when it comes to call ups. And, and Brendan Brisson can be sent to Henderson without having to pass yes. through waivers. Yep, that automatically uh, clears the way mm-hmm. for a spot because you don't want to be be losing a. Uh, Paul Cotter sure. in, in, in that situation. So uh, Pavel Dorofiev in, yeah. in, in that situation. Uh, that makes it uh, certainly beneficial to the organization. But I, I do want to uh, mention the idea that this is just a preseason to get your rhythm going. Is It's real for some players. Mm-hmm. Those players that have roster spots tied up and those players who um, know their role within the team Mm -hmm. for others who maybe want more minutes. There's more urgency. And those are some veteran players where uh, you're Brett Howden. You want to maybe you want to lock down that spot with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. This training camp had a little, you're you're on the team, Mm -hmm. you're making the hockey club, but you also want to show more range within your game, and that was a beautiful feed the other night to to Brandon Brisson. Yep. Uh, and then you've got the the next group, and the Cotters and the Rofias uh, and the Comtois. Like it, it is preseason, mm-hmm. but it's real for these guys, and the stress and the anxiousness that it, that it causes within the athlete trying to carve out their place for the coaching in front of the coaching staff and and with their teammates. Uh, there's nothing on the line points-wise mm-hmm. or the accumulation of uh, totals that lead to a playoff spot. There's none of that team pressure. But individually, Ryan, in, in talking to, to some guys in and around our room and, and the league in the, in the past, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, this is a two-week grind for them, and it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> it, we watch the games, yeah. but it's... It's a stressful ordeal yeah. for what we just casually throw out as there's a battle for the 13th forward or the the fight to, to lock down that open spot on, on William Carlson's wing, and we break it down. It is big-time front and center challenging to these guys that consumes them and has consumed them for 
two weeks and probably anxiousness coming into uh, training camp. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Brett Howden. I'd throw Michael Amadio right in there, right? Mm. Like this is a player that you know was a, was a waiver pickup for the Golden Knights, and he, he, he's found a really, really solid spot inside the lineup. But, but this has also been a player that at times over the course of his career – hasn't been able to stay in a lineup for – there's been healthy scratches. And I think for Michael Amadio, his game grew in the postseason, mm-hmm. especially alongside William Carlson. He wants to be in the lineup every single But night. his postseason made it uh, a stress-free training camp. It, he wants to add to it. He wants to add to it, but stress-free. He's not the Dorothy of Cotter – not in the same way, but yeah. but I'm saying he's more in line with, with a Brett Howden. Yeah. You put yourself in a great spot. Your play has grown to the level that you are alongside elite players. But now the, the stress isn't that you've, you've gotten to that point. The stress is, how do I do that? How do I stay there over the course of 82 games? How do I make sure that there isn't somebody that's, that's nipping at my heels to take that spot? And that's what, that's what Howden and Amadio are doing throughout the, the entirety of training camp. Your career path, always advance, never retreat. Yeah. It's the night code, right? Like That's it. what we're looking at. Uh, when we continue in one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, a big free agent signing to tell you about. It's on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Pacific Division, we are looking at uh, tonight, uh, San Jose Sharks against the Vegas Golden Knights, and there is action elsewhere. As the Anaheim Ducks have announced a contract has been reached between the organization and forward Trevor Zegras. It's a three-year bridge-type deal Mm -hmm. that will average out at $5.75 million per. Not what Zegras was looking for, but it's short enough that he can get back to it if he's great in the production and the team says learn the 200-foot game. <laughs> uh, there, there's real potential here. I, I like the contract yeah. from uh, a hockey perspective that just because the salary cap is going to go up next year, they're not uh, just giving out money to give out money. Yeah, yeah. And and Anaheim has another restrictive free agent still out there mm-hmm. in defenseman Jamie Drysdale. And they still have to get him done. They have about $10 million in cap space for this year. So for this season, it's easy. Yeah. Drysdale would be able to play. But it's coming to terms on something beyond that that they're focused on. They would like a longer-ish term. They're, they certainly have uh, – they love Drysdale's game. They, they really do. There's probably more work to do on Zegers' overall game yep. uh, than, than Drysdale, uh, to be perfectly honest, even though Zegers is the uh, electric uh, uh, flair with the, with the different skills set uh, that he has. But uh, it'll be interesting. Real key for the fan base to, to get the Zegers one done from a PR standpoint, mm-hmm. but – I'll be curious, or I am curious, more so to see what uh, the Anaheim Ducks and Pat Verbeek do with Drysdale going forward, whether it's more than a three-year deal. So for me, the Zegers one makes sense because... Not for him. Well, not at all for him, but it does for the Anaheim Ducks. And the fact of the matter is, Trevor Zegers can give you the highlight reel moment. He's just that type of player. However, in order to continue to kind of 
show your worth in different ways, you've got to learn other aspects of the game. And I think that's the biggest challenge for Trevor Zegers is can he turn himself into a really, really good NHL player instead of a highlight reel machine? And, and that's going to be the challenge. That's going to be the rub. If he can do it, it's a bigger payday when the salary cap is, is, is much higher than it is in, in three years. Now, that all being said, I, I'm with you in that the more important contract to me for the Anaheim Ducks and their future is Jamie Drysdale. From a marketing perspective, it's Zegris, but the organization as a whole and moving forward and getting back to the playoffs and, and being a team that you know hopefully contends on a, on a year-to-year basis, it's the Drysdale contract. That's the, the big one for me. Yeah, one sells, one wins. Absolutely, 100%. And, and, and they, they are different. And Zegris is going to help you win hockey games once he gets control of the overall game and it might take another couple of years but yeah. he's so skilled yeah. that you understand why and he's such a great kid like i love i yeah. love the kid and uh, and he has so much fun out there that uh, just uh, a little bit of intensity uh, coming in uh, to to the focus on the on the his own end his coach uh, they joked today that his coach just threw his stick in the corner and said, we're going to work on the defensive side. <laughs> that, that's what we're going to do. get a new uh, coach in, in Cronin uh, there. Uh, but uh, we'll see how long it takes to get the, the Drysdale deal done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was a great game last night in Canada's East Coast in Halifax in which the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, actually lost uh, to the Ottawa Senators 3 nothing. But that was in Sidney Crosby's uh, hometown, and he was back for a couple of days. The team rolled in there for a couple of days. Every player got a gift bag. Uh, basket in their room which included banana bread that was baked by Sid's mom uh, so there's all oh, kinds of things they had awesome. a, a a scavenger hunt downtown which involved uh, like shucking some oysters and uh, and kissing a cod and doing a lot of fun like team bonding okay. things yep. and Sid uh, this is the first time he's got to play a National Hockey League game even though it was exhibition yeah. in, in his hometown it was really big for uh, Sid, 36 years old, uh, to be able to do that. He got up in the room after the game and spoke to his teammates and said, thanks guys, there's a lot going on in training camp, uh, but I really appreciate you guys jumping on board and, and uh, Malcolm played and uh, they, they had uh, their their A-type lineup uh, going last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they, they didn't win, it was important for Sid to, to thank all his teammates and it's another reason that you just, just continue to love what is the the face of the National Hockey League in uh, so many respects? I, I mean, I'll, I'll come out and say it. Like, Sidney Crosby is my favorite hockey player. Really, he just is. It's it's amazing after all these years just, A, how, how good he still is, how competitive he still is. The level at which he's playing right now is, is phenomenal, and, and I, I, I absolutely believe he can continue to go for as long as he wants to. But, you know, to be able to, to go – back to your hometown to play in that in that setting and to have your teammates want to do that for you and then you also recognize them after the fact after a loss like it, it just goes to show you who Sidney Crosby is as, as a player as a leader and, and you know it's going to be a sad 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 day and I know that you know eventually it's going to come and it's it's going to come a bit quicker than we all want it to he will not be in the National Hockey League he will hang them up and that's going to be a sad day for everybody. When you look at the turnaround from year to year or changeover season to season in the National Hockey League, there's always teams that go from the outside mm-hmm. looking in the playoffs to involved in the Eastern and Western Conference's top eight. Yeah. 
a year ago, the Vegas Golden Knights did exactly that. Yeah. And went to the very top. In the Western Conference, we'll look at the East uh, tomorrow. In the Western Conference, of the eight teams that made the playoffs last year, who do you think is most vulnerable to be overtaken this time around? Jeez, that's a really, really tough one. Like, I, I believe in L.A. I believe in Edmonton. I believe in Colorado. I believe well, in... The, the Pacific Division had four 100-point teams. Yeah, yeah. To I, say they're going to drop out, that's a that's a big ask. I mean, it is, but I guess it kind of depends on what you believe Seattle is, right? Like, I, you know, the, the other three teams, to me, are, are locks to make the playoffs. Vegas... L.A., Edmonton, locks to make the playoffs. Um, I'd make the same argument for Dallas, Colorado, and Minnesota. So that leaves me with Seattle and Winnipeg. And, you know, with, with Winnipeg, I, I, I think they're probably the most likely. I, I believe Seattle's good enough to push and, and make it. Uh, with Winnipeg, it, it really depends on how their, how their year starts. So eh, I'll, I'll say the Winnipeg Jets. Because of the roster uncertainty? Yeah, I just because as a, as a roster, yeah, I the mean, roster's virtually the same as a year ago, minus minus Pierre Luc Dubois or Blake Wheeler and Blake right? Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, sure. So like, but they 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 replaced Dubois with some pretty good depth. In their they, organization, I I could I could make a case that Winnipeg as a roster right mm-hmm. now, if you take away the expiring contracts of Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele, that uh, that they're a better team now than they were against the Vegas Golden Knights in that first round series. That might be the case, but I I just I wonder if I don't know. I just I wonder if it if it doesn't fall into place for them. Now I, that being said, I, I also don't know what I believe about the Seattle Kraken, to be completely honest with you. So like flip a coin between Winnipeg and Seattle. I can see I can see either one of those teams falling out of the top of the top eight. Who take their place then yeah um i mean with with seattle i I think it kind of depends on on calgary and vancouver right like i I think for calgary there's there's belief there in that room and uh, there's belief there in the team that's been built that they can make a push and kind of get back to where they were two seasons ago um so i think the calgary flames are, are probably at the top of the list vancouver i think still has a lot of work to do but they seem to be an invigorated team so maybe they you you push there um, in the central, you know me. I'm, I'm never really too high on the on the Nashville Predators. I think they've made some moves in the off season that can push them in in the right direction. Uh, the St. Louis Blues are are interesting because I feel like they should be better than they've been over the last couple of years, and just hasn't worked out that way. Um, so those would be the two teams: St. Louis and, and Nashville, and then you know I'll throw Calgary in there from the Pacific. I'm surprised you didn't mention Minnesota as a potential team to fall out just because they seem to be uh, up and down and you have, there's not a lot of like year-to-year consistency mm-hmm. or two years building into to three of dominance. Uh, they're still dealing with a, a cap challenge uh, with it, within the organization, but they do have some, some really blue-chip prospects and some amazingly talented players. Uh, I, I'm surprised you didn't at least bring them up. But I'm with you. I think they're in. Yeah. I, I think they're they're in a better place than than say a Winnipeg. Sure. St. Louis. I'm expecting a bounce back year. Yeah. In the St. Louis Blues, I like what they've done with uh, with their organization on a couple of different fronts. And I, I 
there's a lot of pressure on Jordan Binnington mm-hmm. to be the goaltender that earns the contract that he signed. Yeah. And he has to – he just has to improve in every aspect of his game, whether it's the focus, uh, not getting involved in, in extracurriculars, or the puck stopping yeah. and, and being uh, the, the, the teammate that they want there. So that that's the start uh, of their challenge. I think it, he, he should be able to bounce back uh, on that. And then there's the uh, up front. I think that they've, they've made some changes there. They brought back Oscar Sunquist. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a potential to be uh, a, a much better team. So I, I think St. Louis, if anybody gets back in, uh, jumps over Winnipeg, it's probably St. Louis. In the Pacific, it's going to be a dogfight uh, for that final playoff spot because Calgary will be better. Yeah, Calgary, you can't you can't expect uh, the Huberdos and the, the Uyghurs and uh, the Cadres after a year to get used to things. Now with Ryan Husker running the show and the coaching excuse and being mad at Daryl uh, out the window, uh, they, you can't expect them to play at the same level that they did a year ago. I think they're going to be a tough. They're going to be a tough out uh, for the, for the if if they don't have a crossover. Uh, with five Pacific teams in the playoffs, it's going to be a real battle between the the like third and fourth teams to to qualify for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for Calgary, it you know Jacob Markstrom can be a, an absolute difference maker as well. Like if he has a, a bounce back type of year, certainly then then the Calgary Flames are, are going to be a, a tougher team to 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 really match up against over the course of the regular season. So um, I think Calgary's right there. Seattle again, I I think that they made a, a giant leap. Right. They're one game away from the conference final. Like that's that's the type of year the Seattle Kraken had. Um, I don't know that they fall too far back from that, but I still don't know exactly what they are yet. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Calgary to get back in and LA to drop out. Really? Because of the goaltending yeah. and the uh, the amount of money that they're spending on goaltending. That's that's bold prediction number one. And I say St. Louis gets in <laughs> and. Winnipeg falls out because they have to make a choice on the Shifley Hellebuck uh, situations, and they'll be better in the long term if they if they deal those two players and get something back. Uh, and St. Louis did the same thing a year ago. They dealt at the trade out. They realized yeah. where they were, and they they were out. Uh, those are one timers news notes uh, from around the National Hockey League. Catching up with Jared next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, Jared Jessis filling in for Chris Chapman today. The last segment uh, belongs to the operator, the producer of the program, and you are it. So what do you have in store for us? What can you thrill me with tonight? All right, so let me um, let me ask you some questions I have already asked Ryan and Ooh. see um, uh, what, what, what you come up with, all right? Blue. Hello. Blue. That's my favorite color. Was that the question you were going to ask? No. Oh. Would you rather have ten fingers on each hand or ten toes on each foot? Oh, ten fingers. You can take all my toes. I'll get a better deal on shoes. Really? I heard that that kind of messes with your back. Really? Yeah. Like Probably your like balance. You, Probably yeah, balance. you need stuff for balance. And No? All right. Fair no, enough. I'm You're tearing my lard. I'm fine with it. All I'll right. work. I'll work it, but but I need the uh, I need the fingers. All right. Hold the hold the microphone. That's what I need. <laughs> right. Well, no, I, I don't think you even need to hold it. I think they could they could make an apparatus for yeah. that. Um, maybe a couple. 
Uh, would you rather constantly have to sneeze, or it, oh, but it never comes out, or have hiccups that last for four hours each day? Hiccups, hundred percent. Yeah, totally hiccups. The worst thing. The sneezing. The sneezing is bad. Yeah, if you if you if you have to sneeze and can't, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I gave uh, India heck today in the office. Positivity Alley, not the country. She holds uh, India Shea. She holds her her sneezes in, and I'm like, you got to let that thing go. That's that causes more harm. It's more painful when you're keeping that thing in. Let her blow. You are like a constant, like, one miss word away from HR, aren't you? Oh, uh, no, well, sneeze is like, <laughs> like, let that thing go. Okay, and fair enough. I'm one miss. Um, you're you're, yeah, you're in no, there. I'm you're already, coming I'm out. I'm already in HR. Fair when enough. I've been called in, and you're you're the one that's already in the office, and we pass each other when Oh, cool. When Chapman, you uh, Chapman yeah. did pass the tor- torch to me. Um <laughs> Would you rather have a co-host that speaks entirely in Shakespearean iambic pentameter or one that constantly talks over you when you start a question? Uh, Shakespeare. Speak the speech I pray you as I pronounce it to you, tripping yes. you on the tongue? Yes. That's fine. You, you, would, you would be able to host a hockey show with a guy constantly going, thou. Listen. <laughs> I don't really, I, I don't really pay attention to Ryan anyway. It's so, true. So hey, hey, it, hey, it, hey. It, the it, listeners <laughs> have noticed. It is true. Oh, oh, he's back. He's he's back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> How we doing out there? I don't. I don't. I, I think the Shakespearean thing would be kind of kind of fun. And if I'm it allowed to would be finish my thoughts, uh, novel. Yes. Have you ever had a problem finishing your thoughts? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. All right. I don't know when those sometimes are. We've got, we've almost got a minute left. You'll obviously hear the really lame music I have to play now called, honestly, Sanitize. That's what our out music is called? That's the one I play in order for us to not get popped by you, too. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> they're listening to the show right now. Would you rather have a producer that always plays the wrong sound or one that tur- <laughs> always turns on your mic? After you've already started talking, you have 45 seconds. Ooh, that's a. I've had both. You've had both today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't meaning that actually, but that's that's pretty funny. Uh, I. Jeez, oh, I don't know about that. I'm. I'm thinking wrong sound, because at least when I'm talking, I'm talking, and it, there's no interruption of the flow there. So I'm, I'm going to go with playing the wrong sound as opposed to the microphone being turned off uh, or on in the wrong gears. Now you're giving me 50. Was that 15 seconds on the air or was that just in my ear? Oh, nice. Hey, uh, Jared, thanks for doing this, buddy. We love hanging out with you, Jared. Uh, the pregame show is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.